This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. When you think about living an extraordinary life, the path to getting there is not by doing everything. In fact, what you will learn in this episode, it really comes down to the habits that you form because you don't decide your future. You do decide your habits and your habits decide your futures. Yet the question is, how do you go about identifying what the next habit is that you can form that would make achieving that future goal easier or unnecessary? Today, what you are going to hear is a live webinar that we did for our community on May 18th. If you're listening to this at the time that it airs, we are launching our next 66-day challenge with our Living Your One Thing community. This is a private training community. We have thousands of people from all over the world who have made a commitment to being very purposeful in living the one thing. Our job is to provide them with the training and the community to help them live the one thing and achieve extraordinary results. To turn their one thing into a habit that will stick. Because the thing that we know is while getting clarity on a one thing and doing it for roughly 66 days is a simple idea, is not easy. If you've gone on a 66-day challenge, you know what it feels like to have failed the 66 days. That's why with this community, we provide them with additional resources and 78% of the people who go on the challenge in the community successfully complete their 66-day challenge, which is a staggering number compared to what happens without the support. In this episode, here's what you're going to learn. You're going to learn why the one thing is about habits. We're going to walk you through a really simple process for you to look at the different areas of your life and to pick one that if you just formed a habit in that area next would make everything else easier or unnecessary. We're going to teach you the 20% questions you can ask to drive 80% of your clarity in identifying that one thing and how you can start a 66-day challenge and actually have a higher chance of successfully completing it. If you would like to learn more about what it looks like to join us and have us support you in that challenge so that your odds of success go up, go to theonething.com slash habits. That's with the number one in the URL, theonething.com slash habits. While you can join Living Your One Thing at any time of year, right now, if you go there, we have a bunch of extra things that you get, including getting an extra 66 days added to your membership over the course of the year. You'll also get a free ticket to our virtual goal setting retreat. And just a heads up, that's a $400 ticket. The cost to be a member for an entire year is less than that. And you get that ticket included. So it's a smoking deal. It's a great community. This is a group of people that genuinely want to pour into you and help you form habits that stick. Go to theonething.com slash habits and check it out. With that, let's get into this episode on how to choose your next habit. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like Breakfast on the Go, lunch snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. 
And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. I'm Jeff Woods. I run the company behind The One Thing, joined by my partner in crime, Kaylin Less. How are you doing, Kaylin? I'm doing so good. What are we talking about today? Habits. We are talking about habits. And for those of you who are here with us, how many of you have ever struggled to either form a new good habit or break one that you I wish you didn't have. Jeff, on our team, I just crushed like six cookies from Trader Joe's right before this. I can't stop. They're so good. My wife's not supposed to buy them. (laughs) (laughs) Cookies, man. It's been a habit that I've seen on people's lists before. One to break. My willpower is gone today. (laughs) Willpower gone. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. So I'm going to ask you a few questions around really habit formation and why we're on this journey so why are why is habit formation such an important part of living the one thing? I'll, I'll answer your question with a question for the people who are here live. And if you're listening to this later, I'm asking this to you as well. Have you ever been a part of a training or a conference or you've listened to a podcast and you've gone, oh, that's a great idea. And you started to do it and you had the intention of being consistent, yet you fell off the wagon. That's been my journey for, for a long time. And I think this is why when we look, if you read the one thing, lies three and four, the lies of productivity are the lie of discipline and the lie of willpower. And the challenge is while discipline and willpower matter, it's a lie to rely on them. They're not always there for us. The opportunity is to leverage them to make doing that activity or that one thing automatic. Because if you can leverage the discipline and willpower for a relatively short period of time, it can actually become habitual, which means it just requires minimal discipline or willpower just to maintain it. So when we look at doing the most important things, let's get out of having to rely on discipline and willpower. Let's leverage them, make it a habit. So we become the type of person who naturally does those things. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes from The One Thing is, success is actually a very short race. It Mm. is a sprint fueled by discipline just long enough to form a habit to kick in and take over. Because if you can have that discipline, like front load it to know exactly what that one thing is, start to put the effort towards building the habit. Then once it's a habit, you don't have to think about it anymore. You don't have to put all that effort into doing that activity because it becomes automatic. Yeah. I see how Greg said, I'm a nutritionist. And I see this with all of my clients all the time. Yeah, totally. So Jeff, the book actually, one thing, it was... We called it the one thing, but what was the initial working title that Jay and Gary? So here's what's interesting: like the backstory behind when Gary and Jay were writing this, they were sitting down with our publisher, Ray Bard, and they were coming up with multiple ideas for titles, and they narrowed it down to two: the one thing and the success habit. And the ultimate test was they went to Book Expo, which is this huge conference where all the major buyers from from Barnes and Noble and all the other places come and they get to visit the booth and they actually had them vote between the two and they had both covers drawn up. Which do you think will sell better? Which is the one that you want in your stores? And the overwhelming favorite was the success habit. 
Because ultimately, the one thing is about identifying that most important activity, that one thing that makes everything else easier or unnecessary, and forming the habit of doing that one thing. Yet when Gary and Jay sat down with, with our publisher, with Ray, there was something deep inside them that, that felt like it's just not quite right. And they had a chat with somebody inside the organization named Ellen Curtis. And she said something that really resonated with them, which is when you say the one thing, I naturally have curiosity about what is that for me. And that's kind of what swayed their decision. And they ultimately chose the one thing. It ended up being the right call. But the habit of asking the question, what's my one thing, is in fact the success habit. So what I'm hearing you say is that question, just asking it. It's the reason it's the question mark on the back of the book. Because Mm -hmm. if you can form the habit of asking it consistently, when you're facing your day, when you're facing a challenge, what's the one thing I can do such that by doing it will make everything else easier or unnecessary? The goal is to answer that question with an activity. And if you can form a, make that activity a habit that you can do habitually, then asking the question becomes that habit. And then that answering it becomes your, it becomes the key to unlock more in your own life. That's right. That's right. So Jeff, tell me a little bit, just we talk, we're talking about the 66 day challenge. Tell me why you were talking about it and what is it? So how many of you had heard in the past, it takes 21 days to form a habit or 30 days to form a habit or 28 days to form a habit? If so, put me in the questions box. My hand goes up as well. The, The most definitive study to date was done by the University of College of London back in 2009. And what they were looking for, they looked at all these people to figure out what's the point of automaticity, meaning that point, that inflection point when it requires the least amount of discipline, the least amount of willpower just to maintain the habit. And what they found really surprised them because it that research showed that it took on average 66 days. To form a habit. Now, to get really detailed, it ranged depending on the complexity of the habit. It actually varied from anywhere from 18 to 254 days to form a habit. Yet the sweet spot, the average was 66. And so for us, we came up with this idea of a 66 day challenge. How can you get clarity on one thing you can do? such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary. And can you make the commitment of knocking that lead domino down every single day or every single business day, if it's a business habit, for just 66 days? Because the research would say that on average, it will be a habit. Now, I will tell you, I've been on multiple of these. Sometimes the habit was formed way faster. And I mean, 2019, was it 2019 or 2020 was the empathy challenge? For me, do you remember? Went into 2020, like because how many days? Walk them through what was the what was the habit that you wanted to form, and why was why was it important to you? Yeah, so I'll preface by saying I asked the question, "Who's the person I want to become?" It wasn't about what's the habit I want to form; it's who's the person I want to become, and what's the habit I can form that would make becoming that person possible. Because like. Our shirts say, it says, decide your habits, decide your futures. I wasn't just going to cross my fingers. I wanted to form a habit that would make becoming that person happen habitually. And for me, I was realizing that in my life, I was hitting a ceiling of achievement in my most important relationships. I was hitting a ceiling of achievement in my marriage. I was hitting a ceiling of achievement in my relationship with my kids. I was hitting a ceiling of achievement as a leader in our organization, and as an advisor to the companies that we work with. And the one thing that I was missing 
that if I had it, would raise that ceiling was empathy. I was not born with empathy. (laughs) I am not a naturally empathetic person. And I played this game that we're going to play with you today, where I, I asked the focusing question, well, what's the one thing I can do such that by doing it would make demonstrating empathy easier or unnecessary? And I whittled it all the way down to just once a day, can I demonstrate empathy when I naturally would not have? Here's what happened. I did it every day for 66 days. And at the end of 66 days, I looked up and asked the question. Is it a habit? Is it just, it would feel weird if I didn't do it? And the answer was no. And so I asked the question, does this really matter to me still? And the answer was yes. Like it literally was on the front of my one thing planner. I said, my one thing for the year is to become the type of person who helps others get what they want first by demonstrating empathy once a day when I naturally would not have. And so I doubled down and went on a next 66 day challenge immediately. And I looked up 66 days later still wasn't a habit. So at this point, we're what, 232 days in or 132 days in? And I asked the question, does it still matter? The answer was yes. So I did it again. At the end of the third 66-day challenge of never missing a day, I looked up and asked, is it a habit yet? The answer was no. And that's when I realized my wife was right. I actually am a stubborn person. And so I went on it again. It took 218 days before I looked up and actually realized, oh my gosh, I've become the type of person who actually leads with empathy. And what was kind of validating for me last year, Kaylin, was um, getting feedback from the team, having some, we've been going through some, some changes inside our organization. And the feedback that I got from a lot of people on the team is how they believe I lead with so much empathy. Which I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Not only do I feel like it's become a habit, but other people now perceive me as the type of person who is an empathetic person. I've now earned the right to move on to the next habit that I want to form. Can I sink into something you said that I want to make sure nobody misses a big piece of what you mentioned? Because when you were going on this habit of with empathy, it wasn't because you wanted to earn empathy points or there wasn't like, it wasn't really about the empathy. It was about the person that you were, were on a journey to become because more becomes possible with that empathy. Am I right? Yeah. I, I was noticing where not naturally demonstrating empathy was creating friction in my relationships as a leader. It was creating friction in my marriage it was creating distance in relation in my relationship with my kids. Even though my kids were young, I could start to see it. And I could extrapolate it out. If I don't change my activities, if I continue to act this way, what will my marriage look like in 10 years or 20 years? What will my relationship look like with my kids when they're out of the house? I didn't like that answer. And that would have been a major regret for me. So there was enough pain, there was a big enough purpose to keep me focused on whacking away at this lead domino until it really became a habit. Yeah, it's a really great thing to just to shine light on is that these habits that we're forming, it's not about going for the walk or about uh, maybe eating the cookie. It's about being the type of person that is focused on your health and is making positive choices for your relationships, for your 
for all the areas that you're working on. So as we go into this, talking about how to choose the right habit, I guess that's a great entry or segue into how do you know what's the right one thing to focus on when there are so many things you could do and there are so many habits that man, I would love a meditation habit and I would love to work out more. I, my yoga habit fell off the wayside during COVID. There's so many things that I would like to do and I don't... like. Where do we start, Jeff? How many of you out of curiosity have ever had questions on if you're choosing the right one thing? Yeah, this, this is a lot of us. Um, I'm sharing an image from the one thing. It's this idea that a single domino does not just knock down the one of equal size, it goes 50% larger. So two knocks over three, three knocks over four and a half. By the 18th domino, you're knocking down the Leaning Tower of Pisa. By the 23rd domino, you're knocking down the Eiffel Tower. By the 31st, 3,000 feet above Mount Everest, and by just the 57th domino, you could build a structure that would reach almost from the earth to the moon. Here's why this matters when it comes to habit formation. Our shirts say, decide your habits, decide your future. First, when like we're launching a 66-day challenge coming up here on the 18th, Kaylin and I, as we identify what that one thing is that we want to make our next habit, are not just asking, what should our next habit be? And just picking something that's shiny and sitting in front of us. We're looking to the future. We're looking to that 57th domino and asking the question, who's the person we want to become? In a very specific area of our life. And we're going to walk you through this exercise here today. But we're going out into the future. We're thinking big. And then once we have a sense of what that looks like, like for example, I want to be somebody who naturally demonstrates empathy. So I can be an extraordinary leader, an extraordinary husband, an extraordinary father. Those were not in order of priority. An extraordinary husband, an extraordinary father, an extraordinary leader. See, I formed the habit of even thinking in order of priority that when I say it out of order of priority, I correct. Habit. And then we start by going small. Reverse engineering to the lead domino. To answer the question directly, you don't originally know if your lead domino is actually the lead domino. The way that you find out is by picking one, getting out of analysis paralysis, picking one, and starting to knock it down day after day after day. One of the biggest mistakes that people make is they think they've arrived at a lead domino when it's actually an 18th domino. And what we mean by that is The Leaning Tower of Pisa is in fact leaning. Yet, I'll ask it. Who here, imagine if I challenged you to run full speed. I gave you lots of Red Bull and the best coffee of your life. Suited you up in football gear and asked you to go and knock the Leaning Tower of Pisa over. Could you do it? Yes or no in the chat box or in the questions box. And this is what's happening. We're identifying something that we, it's the one thing we think we should do or will feel guilty if we're not doing it, but it's not the one thing I can do. It's got to be a two inch domino that is so small that effortlessly with the flick of a finger, it falls. So we're going to walk you through an exercise today to make sure you don't get stuck at an 18th domino and you actually arrive at a lead domino. And once we arrive at that lead domino, the next problem is we think big, we go small, but people don't trust that the dominoes will actually fall. They look at that two-inch domino and go, if I just knock that down, that's not going to actually do anything for me. But that's not what it's about. It's that one thing that makes everything else easier or unnecessary. And we're going to give you real examples of that today. Yeah. And something we know for everybody that's on this on this training with us, 
high achievers, like I know you're a high achiever because you're here. And high achievers tend to hold themselves to a standard that is very high. They say, I should be able to do that. I can do that. Let me let me muscle my way into doing that thing. But it really is counterintuitive that that small thing is what makes those big things possible. That's right. So small actions unleash massive reactions. And a great story of this, this is in the book. In 2009, Ouija Domino Productions broke the world record for domino falls. They lined up 4.5 million dominoes. Now, here's what's amazing about this. How many dominoes did the leader have to flick in order to knock down 4.5 million? What do you think? One, right? So let's do this together. Whether you're here live, even if you're driving, you can do this. Do me a favor. Hold up your hand. On the count of three, we're going to knock the lead domino down. One, two, three. How much effort did that take? Not a small, tiny, effortless. Here's why we say small actions can unleash massive reactions. By doing that effortless action, that leader unleashed more than 94,000 joules of energy. To put that in context, if I challenged you to drop and do 545 consecutive push-ups, think about how exhausting that would be, how much effort that would take. That's how much energy was unleashed by the flick of a finger. Small actions can unleash massive reactions. Our hope is that throughout today, that we help you choose an area of your life that if you just gave yourself permission to, to form a habit and one to start, and you formed a lead, identified a lead domino and went on a 66 day challenge of doing that every day for the next 66 days, not that that one thing unleashes, creates the extraordinary results, but it makes them easier or unnecessary. It's really going on a journey to become the best version of yourself one habit at a time. And we sometimes underestimate the power of that one small habit that leads to the next small habit that leads to the next small habit. And then you look back and you think, oh, mercy, how far have I come with these small effortless flicks of the domino? So Jeff, why don't you really walk us through this? How do we... How do we get started to choose that that first step and that habit? Because it can be the hardest thing. Yep, let's do it. All right, so <laughs> this was... I have a very personal experience with this. On page 114 of The One Thing is the seven circles. For those of you that are here live or, or watching this, you can see the image on the screen. For those of you who are just listening, I'll walk you through it. There are seven circles. They're the seven most important areas of your life. And starting at the top, we've got our spirituality. Because every single one of us at some point on our journey is going to wonder, why am I here? Then you have your physical health. Because if you don't have your body, where are you going to live? We then have our personal life, meaning the things that we do for ourselves, our hobbies that make us the best version of ourselves. We then have our key relationships. This can be a significant other, kids, your friends, colleagues, mentors, coaches, clients. You then have your job. Every single one of you has a job. It's the role that you play inside your company. My wife has a job. It's She's a stay-at-home mom. So her job is making sure that our, our kids get what they need. Every single one of us is also part of a business. So if you are not, if you are a business owner, the one thing for your business may be the, different than the one thing for your job as the founder or the CEO or the president. And if you're an employee inside an organization, it's just what's the one thing for the company that you're a part of overall? And then finally, your finances. What are you doing to to grow your wealth over time? 
Well, actually, let's just do the exercise. Um, do me a favor. This is what I pen dance. So it's when you take a pen, you hold it up to the camera and you make a dance. Yay, pen dance. If you're driving, don't do it. I'm going to ask you to just rate yourself on a scale of one to 10, where one is really struggling and 10 is crushing it. Extraordinary. How are you doing in your spiritual life? And if you're driving or listening to this, just think of the number. Spirituality, how are you doing on a scale of one to 10? Scale of one to 10, how are you doing in your physical health? Great. Scale of one to 10, how are you doing in your personal life, your hobbies, the things that make you the best version of yourself? Great. Scale of one to 10, how are you doing in your key relationships? Significant other, kids, friends, mentors, coaches, colleagues, clients, most important relationships. Scale of one to 10, how are you doing in your job, your role in the company, or your role if you're a stay-at-home parent with the household? Scale of one to 10, how are you doing in your business? The overall, how's the organization that you're a part of doing overall? And finally, scale of one to 10, how are you doing in your finances? Okay, great. Here's where it gets challenging. How many of you feel the natural pull to say, I need to focus on more than one area? If so, put me in the chat box. Yeah, happened to me. I remember Jay had me do this exercise right off the bat when I came on board. And I identified four areas. And he asked me a question. He said, Jeff, remind me, what's the title of the book? (laughs) I said, the one thing. And he said, okay, so if you could only choose one, which would it be? I thought about it and I said, I really need to focus on two. He said, but if you could only choose one, which would it be? And I felt this guilt for having to narrow the focus to one. Like if I only focused on one, I wouldn't actually be making the, the impact that I wanted to be making. And here's what I discovered. I'm going to ask you all a question. Over the last five years of your life, how many truly life-changing, positive power habits do you think you've formed in the last five years combined? Wow. So here's here's why I asked this. One, we've asked this to over 20,000 people at this point. We know the average is between zero and two. And when I see a lot of people that had five or more, I knew they were members of our community. And here's why. I asked this question myself. And in the previous five years before joining this organization, I had formed two. Yet my, and the reason for that is I tried to focus on multiple areas at the same time. And when I told myself that I had to do a one thing in four areas every day, and if I only did three, how do you think I felt? How does it feel when you set the goal to do four and you only do three? Like a failure. Here's what I learned. I personally will only allow myself to feel like a failure for so long before I rewrite the rules of the game or give up. People want to look good and feel good. So when you narrow your focus to just saying, hey, the mark of success is if I just choose one area and anything else is extra credit. In the, previ- in the first year in this business, I formed four habits. In one year, when in the previous five years, I had only formed two. So to put it on a bumper sticker, the reason you start by just choosing one circle to form a habit in is because if you try to do more than one, the odds of your success go down dramatically. So here's the question. Based on all the circles that we talked about, if you could only choose one just to start for the next 66-day challenge, what would it be? Do you want to maximize a strength? 
Do you want to focus on one that your score was middle of the road that you need to top grade? Or do you want to focus on a low score that you need to transform? There's no right or wrong. You can pick, but you must pick one. There's no right or wrong. But you've done the hard work of already choosing one circle. So here's the next step. We now play the game called Identify Your Lead Domino. And this is where we start by asking the question, what's the one thing you can do for your physical health? What's the one thing you can do for your spirituality? And you're going to arrive at an answer. The goal is to identify a lead domino, an action, an activity that is so small that you go, I can do that. So if your initial answer is a result, you're just going to ask the question again, well, what's one thing I can do to accomplish that? And if you come up with an answer that's vague, you ask the question, how will I know if I'm successful? I'm going to model this for you. Let's say you chose physical health. Okay, great. What's one thing you can do for your physical health? I can exercise more. Okay, well, that's a little vague. How would you know if you were successful exercising more? I'd be exercising five days a week. Great. That's a result. So what's the one thing you can do to accomplish that? I can wake up earlier. Well, that's a little vague. So how would you know if you're successful? I'd be up at 5.30 every day so that I could exercise five days a week. Okay, great. People, by the way, think that that's their one thing. I'm going to wake up at 5.30 every day. Yet here's the challenge. Remember, it's a lead domino. It's the one thing you can do. If waking up at 5.30 was the one thing you could do, you'd already be doing it, which means we need to go smaller. What's the one thing you can do that would make waking up at 5.30 easier? I could go to bed earlier. How would you know if you're successful? I'd be in bed by 10 p.m. What's the one thing you can do to make that happen? Well, I'd have to stop watching Bridgerton, but that's not going to happen. Hey, well, ask what's the one thing you can do. I can turn the TV off by 9 p.m. That's a lead domino. And here's what we mean by think big, go small, trust the domino will fall. Just turning the TV off at 9 p.m. does not mean you transform your health. But it is the one thing that if you turn the TV off at 9 p.m., makes getting in bed by 10 easier. And if you're in bed by 10, it makes getting up at 5.30 easier. And if you get up at 5.30 with the intention of working out, it makes working out five days a week easier. And if you work out five days a week, it makes transforming your health easier. And I remember Jake literally telling people this is when Game of Thrones was the, the latest best thing. He's like, just wake up and watch an episode of Game of Thrones. Don't even think about working out. Perform the habit of getting up early. And then you can take Game of Thrones away when Khaleesi's already done her thing. And then you can start working out. So that's, that's a perfect example of this. So here's the question. This is where we're going to start to workshop this. So do me a favor. Take the circle that you chose to, and we're going to help you identify the lead domino. So what circle did you choose again? Put that answer in the questions box. Listening to you identify that lead domino, you were fast and you knew the answer and that you made it look really, really easy. I want to encourage you if you're listening and you're not sure what that the answer to that is, give yourself some time to think about it. A lot of people, when they can't have the answer, they bounce and they give up on it. But even though Jeff Woods just demonstrated it so fast and furious, this is sometimes a big process for us to sort of research and explore. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, most of you, by the way, when we go through this exercise, I'm going to ask you the question and you're going to think, I don't know 
And if you hit I don't the wall of I don't know, know that's where your mind gives up. And that's your opportunity to ask the question again and actually give yourself permission to search for an answer. Not the right answer, an answer. Because once you get an answer, you can ask, is this a result or is it vague? And based on that, what question do I need to ask? So here we go. Let's kick this show off on the road. This is going to be highly interactive. I'm going to be asking you to put your answers in the questions box. That way I can see what they are and I can help you narrow the focus even more. So based on the circle you chose, what's the one thing you can do to accomplish that? What's the one thing you can do for your physical health? What's the one thing you can do for your spirituality? Put the number one and then your answer. This will help me understand where we're at. Not drinking. How would you know if you're successful? Exercise. How would you know if you're successful? Eat vegan food. Andrew, how would you know if you're successful? Is that 100% of that meals? Is it a certain number of meals a week? Is, is like, What's the measure of success? Pray five times daily with focus. Love that, Anika. So Anika, what's the one thing you can do to accomplish that? Because she gave me a specific result. So what's the one thing you can do that would make praying five times a day with focus easier? Make better food choices. How would you know if you're successful? Build a 411 each Monday. Awesome. What's the one thing you can do to accomplish that? Eat better. How would you know if you're successful? Apply for a job every day. Kelly, this is a perfect 18th domino. What's the one thing you can do that would make applying for a job every day easier? Set out clothes the night before. I love that, Eric. That's pretty small. That may be small enough for you. I'm going to challenge to see if you can go smaller. What's the one thing you can do to make that happen? And by the way, so when we're going to second layer, I want you to put the number two and then put your answer in the chat box or the questions box. So look at your answer. Like Maria, never be late. Look at the screen. If it's a result, ask what's the one thing I can do to accomplish that? If it's vague, ask how will I know if I'm successful? Put the number two, then your answer in the questions box. All right, so Scott, meal planning. How would you know if you're successful? Put the number three and then your answer. Brett, prospect 200 people daily with text messages. Ooh, so that is a, that's specific. Love that. What's the one thing you can do to make that easier? Set a reminder on my phone to contact each client. So, so here's the, the trigger, Greg. So when the reminder happens, you will do what? When your phone goes off notifying you that it's time to actually contact a client, what will you do? You're really close. Job, find one job a day that I like. Alex, I love the direction. What's the one thing you can do to accomplish that? So are you noticing how we naturally, when we ask these questions, still arrive at either results that are too big or kind of vague, directionally correct ideas, yet we keep narrowing this down. Here's what's interesting about this process, folks. You're going to keep answering, asking these questions. You're going like, oh, is it small enough yet? You know it's small enough when you go, I could do that. Like It almost feels so small that it's cheating. That's the lead domino. Enter my, eat my meals in an app the day before. Andrew, what's the one thing you can do to make that easier for you? And if that's small enough for you, just say, got it. Like Once you feel like you've got your lead domino, 
put in a bunch of exclamation points than what you think it is. That way I know you think you've arrived at the lead domino. Put a note outside my door to let everybody know that I'm unavailable. So Tamara, here it is. When I'm about to go do my one thing, I'm going to put a note on my door. If you put a note on your door and go and check email for the next five hours, it's still a win. But if you just put the note on your door before you go into a time block, that's the one thing that will actually make honoring your time block easier or unnecessary because I'm assuming that it's um, other people that are your biggest distraction. So by putting that note on the door, it would make honoring the time block easier. And by knocking that domino down, it would make accomplishing your one thing easier. And if you knock that domino down, extraordinary results. That's a lead domino. Well done. Do at least one activity with my wife. Jim, what's the one thing you can do to accomplish that? No electronics after 10 p.m. So Bill, you're so close, man. What's the one thing you can do to make that happen? Mm-hmm. Oh, Megan said prepay for those 10 see, sessions Robert tomorrow here. to continue in June. Love it. Kaylin? I was going to say, I see uh, Robert said, set a 30-minute time block. A lot of the time, that time block is the thing that makes it possible. And that was a great insight, Robert. Yeah. And here, Robert, I'm going to give you the permission. Start to pay attention if 30 minutes is actually still too big. You might find that it's it may actually be challenging to honor a 30-minute time block. Give yourself permission to narrow it down to 15, to 10, to 5. It's more about developing the habit of having time blocked and protected than about how much time. Because if you can consistently block and protect 5 minutes and make that a habit, expanding that to 10 or to 30 or to an hour gets way easier. Easier. Michael said, calling the doctor to start treatment. Yeah, Michael, so there you go. That's a lead domino. Now, here's the thing. Some of you will go down this path and arrive at a lead domino that's a one-time thing. Like, I'm going to prepay for 10 sessions. I'm going to call the doctor and schedule my appointment. And this is when you can ask the question, is that a habit though? And if not, fly up and ask, what's the thing I can do? If I did that every single day, would actually make a powerful habit for my health or my spirituality or my personal life. Like how many of you believe that you can just set the paper and the pen out before you walk out of the office? Oh, so good. Because if you come in the next day and you see the pen and the paper, it's going to make it easier to do whatever it is that you wanted to do. Set an alarm for every 30 minutes to drink. So Leslie, here's the lead domino. When my alarm goes off, I will grab my water bottle. If you grab your water bottle and put it back down and don't take a sip, it's still, you still earn your X on your 66 day challenge calendar. But let's be honest. You grab the water bottle after your alarm goes off. You're going to take the lid off. Yep. And if you take the lid off, you're going to go, that does look pretty good. Folks, the path to getting everything you want starts by getting one thing at a time. This means we have to think big, but go small and trust the dominoes will fall. Jeff, I want to know for you, as we're kicking off our next Community 66 Day Challenge on May 18th, as you've been reflecting, like what is the one habit you could form that would make everything else easier in this season for you? I'm curious if you've landed on something yet. Yeah, I have. Um, I... For me, it's key relationships. 
and very specifically uh, the relationship with my kids. I get emotional even talking about it. Um, I have realized that in many ways I've been in the the passenger seat in the relationship with my kids and not in the driver's seat. I have I have been more entrepreneurial there and not purposeful enough. And it's getting abundantly clear to me that my time with them is limited. Daphne turns eight later this month. Dean's five. You know, at best, I've got ten years with Daphne left in the house. That's just not that much time. And um, I've become aware that my kids said something to me the other day where they say, um, "Daddy, whenever we ask you to play, you always say no." And that was just like, oh, arrow through the heart. And even though that's not my perception, it's theirs. And I have to own the reality of that. And so I need to get back in the driver's seat. So the one thing that I can do, I've narrowed this down, is once a day, when they ask daddy, can you play? I just have to say yes. If Daphne wants to put makeup on daddy's face, I have to say yes. (laughs) If it's the first time, like when they ask, will you play? The answer is going to be yes. Because by knocking that domino down, instead of saying, well, daddy's got to go do the dishes real quick, or daddy's got to put the laundry away real quick. like They are the priority. The dishes are not the priority. I remember when um, I was doing the dishes one day, and she asked me if I could play. And I said, no, I need to finish the dishes. And she said, daddy, are the dishes your one thing, or am I? She was six at that time. Cool wake-up call. So I just need to say yes. And if I say yes, all of a sudden I'll be sitting down with them. And by by doing that, it'll actually allow me to then ask the question, how do I be present with them? How do I notice what they're doing? Even if I don't care what they're doing at that time or if that activity doesn't engage me, can I at least be engaged in them and the joy that it brings them? Because if I can do that, everything else will be easier or unnecessary. Can I have permission to press on that? Because I foresee oh, oh Here we go. questions. Yep. Yep. So let's imagine that Daphne walks in and she wants to play and you are doing a live training or you're in a meeting that you cannot walk away from. What is what is your alternative? What are what is your plan B in those moments? Yeah, I've so how many of you have been on a training with me when one of my kids came in before? If so put me in the questions box. So I actually trained them a long time ago. This is when COVID hit and this is enlisting support. I told them that um, you're my one thing. And whenever possible, I'm going to say yes to do. And there are going to be select times when daddy's doing something that's really important. It's called a time block. So if you ever walk into my office and hear me say daddy's in a time block, that means I'm doing my one thing. And I actually need you to let to help honor my time block. And as soon as I'm done, I will come and find you. And my kids will literally storm in when I'm doing trainings for companies. And I'll like put them on camera and say, Daphne, what's your one thing? And she'll say to respect daddy's time block and she'll walk out. So that's, that's the solution for that one. Yeah, I bring it up because having a contingency plan is so powerful. Because whether if your goal is to walk every morning, but you look outside and it's raining. And you're like, oh, I can't do my one thing today. And then that can disrupt the habit. And knowing that when Daphne comes in and wants to play and you have a plan to say yes to not now, but yes to the future, I think that's a great strategy. Start to explore that as you look at the one thing that you're trying to form a habit on because there's having a contingency plan will help you be successful. Well, we when we teach companies how to hold weekly 411s, one of the questions we teach leaders to ask is, once they review the 411, you can ask the question, what's most likely to stop you from being successful? 
And you can ask yourself that question. What's most likely to stop you from calling the doctor and scheduling the appointment? What's most likely to stop you from putting the paper and the pen on your desk before you walk out of the office? You will come up with answers. And then you just ask the question, great, what's the solution for that? Kaylin, how about you? What's yours going to be? So I recently became a mom and it's been my dream job. (laughs) It really has been my dream job forever. And I have a 10-week-old little boy. I guess he's 10 weeks on Friday. And I really, I've been imagining like, what is the type of mom I want to be? And how can I set habits in motion right now that will help me be the type of mom that does amazing thing with her kids and that shows up in the way that I want to? So one of the things that I've been doing with uh, my son, his name is Wilder. And I've been reading books with him because I read a lot for my job and I read a lot anyways. So I just read aloud what I would have otherwise been reading in my head. And so for my habit, I because I want to be the kind of mom that reads with my kid and that shares what I'm working on with my kid. And so for my habit, I'm just going to read one sentence a day with Wilder. And right now, because he's only 10 weeks old, it's going to be all my books. And as I build that habit, I'm sure that he's going to have books that he wants to read too. But ideally, by doing this every day, I've got plenty of time to form that habit so that it's effortless as he grows up and we read and explore things together. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Martina's like, wait, what? <laughs> you had a baby? <laughs> this is the benefit of, of Zoom. <laughs> Nobody knew she was pregnant in the community. <laughs> I didn't know for a long time. <laughs> Surprise. That's it's so pretty awesome. And I'm excited to share it with you now. And um, I'm just so... I feel so honored and blessed to be in this community because I'm really purposeful around the habits I want to form and the person I want to be and the parent I want to be. And it's because of the gift of the one thing. Like I've been able to put words and actions and systems in place that can help me show up in new ways. And this is this is a role that I want to I want to do the best job I can, and I have the systems in place to do it. Yep. So, um, out of curiosity, how many of you have ever gone on a sixty six day challenge before? How many of you have ever failed a sixty six day challenge before? So, this is where we got to be. We we always want to manage expectations, but one thing is the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. It's not the surprisingly easy truth. Um, I know what it feels like to fail 66-day challenges. Pretty much every single person on here who has attempted to do one knows what it feels like to fail. And this is why, you know, Kaylin and I and the rest of the team wake up every day asking, how do we serve you at a higher level? And this is where how many of you are a member of Living Your One Thing? If so, put me in the in the questions box. And this is where we serve you at the highest level. Because the truth is, you've at least got some direction on what that one thing might be for you. You can go to the website and download the 66-day challenge calendar. If you go to the one thing.com, that's what the number one in the URL. Click on the free stuff page. You can download the calendar. Yet, you all know what it feels like for the monotony of success to kick in. You know what it feels like to suddenly let it slide. And this is where this community really can help you. On the 18th, we are launching a brand new 66-day challenge exclusively within Living Your One Thing. So this is a paid program where we go on an engagement with you over the course of the year to help you identify the one thing, form habits, and take it from there, whether it be creating a GPS, creating and holding weekly 411s, and surrounding you with a community of other like-minded people. And all of you get to attend our goal-setting retreat, which we facilitate virtually at the end of this year. And you get to join that at no additional charge as a part 
of this community. So the thing that we want to let you know is that we are launching our next 66-day challenge on the 18th. If you have a, brow- a browser, do me a favor and just go to the onething.com slash habits. That's the onething.com with the number one slash habits. And this is the page that you will hit. We do, we've got a form that you can fill out that will, it will basically have your habit, we'll know what habit you're trying to form and we'll get you into a group. But you do opt in just so that we can help you specifically along the way. The more we know about you and the habit you're trying to form, the more we can support you on that journey. So this this page walks you through if you are not yet in living your one thing, how you can join it. It walks you through the what the, what the program really is, but but from a high level, here's here's what I think is most important. It's not just this next challenge. There's a lot more that you get in here. So something that we are doing specifically right now, um, if you do decide to join us right now, you get a full year with us, and then we're tacking on an additional 66 days. So you actually get a full year plus an additional 66 days. Most of you are going to want to join us in the fall for the virtual goal setting retreat. That at retail is a $395 ticket. You get that for free. You also get access to all of our foundational courses. If you were to buy those individually, legitimately, it's $570. The other things that we do in this community that we can't do with the general public is we are constantly facilitating live virtual workshops. Just yesterday, I did one on time blocking. We're going to do one. We do them on identifying your one thing, how to create and hold weekly 411s. We do specific monthly group coaching calls to help people better live the one thing. For the 66 day challenge, you have the option to join accountability groups, these text groups where you actually get partnered up with a cohort of people who cheer you on and help you go. I mean, if you stack all this up, it's well over $2,000 worth of training that you get. It's it's an annual payment of $299. It, it, it adds up to or divides out to about $25 a month. It's one of the best things we do. It's a phenomenal community. And this is where we get to engage with people in a higher level. So if you are not yet in the community and you would like to join, just go to the onething.com slash habits, and you can join us there. Um, This is good through the 18th. Once the 18th hits, a lot of this stuff actually goes away. So there is a little bit of time urgency around this. But I'm just telling you, you if you're really serious about forming the habit, do it with us. And Jeff, the thing is that so many people that read this book, they read it, they love it. They think, man, this is so simple. But how do I get started? Where do I start? And the more people that we've talked to and the more people that I've seen that go on this journey, really the first thing that the easiest, most simple way to get started is to identify a habit and go on a 66-day challenge. And when you go on a challenge with a community, it's such a different experience. I've gone on them by myself. And I can tell you, I've failed them by myself. And yet when we've worked with our community members and we've gone on them together, it's it's a different experience for a few reasons. One, we're all like synchronizing our watches. Our day one is all aligned. And we are literally on a journey together. We are asking mm-hmm. people each other questions. We are feeling similar feelings when our momentum is lagging or my motivation is just not as sparkly as it was on day one. Like You are in it together in a really clear way. And then additionally, we get to really connect you with other members in these small accountability groups. So you get to form relationships that matter with other high achievers. Because a lot of people, they say, you know, I wish I had someone to go on and form a habit with. But people in my world aren't really interested in this kind of thing. And they're looking for people to connect with. 
Have you ever heard that, Jeff? So true. So true. So true. So we're the, this- we're the crazy people who think that our priorities <laughs> don't live in our inbox. Exactly. So to be able to build relationships with other people like you and then form a habit together, it's truly a powerful experience. And yeah. I even underestimated the value of being a cheerleader for other people on the journey. It is so awesome to support each other and to celebrate wins and you know encourage people others when they want to when they want to get off the wagon. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of you have asked for the URL again, so I just put it on a PowerPoint slide and threw it up there so you can see it. It's the one thing.com and that's with the number one. So the number one thing.com slash habits. That's habits with an S. For those of you that are already in the membership, annual or monthly, you are absolutely included in this. Um, so you don't, you're, you're good to go. You're good to go. An email will go out that if you want to be put in an accountability group, that that accountability group, by the way, is not in Facebook. There were some questions about that. There will be text groups uh, that you can join. That's an option. And, and Mark has asked, will this help with productivity overall? Answer is 100% yes. So Marcus, this program was designed for any individual to be able to join, start living the one thing, and achieve extraordinary results. And people take different paths. Like Many of you will join because you want to get really intentional about forming this habit. And once you form that habit, you might look up and say, great, I actually want to tackle doing a weekly 411. So we've got the courses and the trainings in there and the live workshops in there to help you start create your first 411 and then start holding a weekly 411 and making doing that a habit. A lot of people, when we get to the new year, are going to want to create their GPS. There's a course in there and we do trainings in there to help you get your GPS in place for the next year. The goal setting retreat, setting the someday five-year, one-year goals and putting the plan in place, that is all a part of this. So this is all designed just to help you start living the one thing and actually achieve extraordinary results. And then surrounding you with a community of people that actually know what the heck you're talking about. Because most of us in our companies, unless the company has had us come in to make this part of the culture, they don't think this way. They fire up their computers and they check email until they go to their first meeting. Mm -hmm. And they're checking email. And then they say yes, if somebody has a minute. And they think you're crazy if you say no. They think you're crazy if you talk about your one thing or a time block. You're not. You're not. You're actually doing the right thing. And I want to reinforce the fact that when you start to live your one thing, there are so many things that you can do within the community. We have courses, we have education, we have a lot of different things that you can do. And we start with a habit because we know it's the one thing that makes the biggest impact on all of those other things, helping your productivity. So as we get aligned, this is the first, this is the one thing now. And as you go through the year, we also have rhythm for the year. And part of that is setting goals each year. So that's why when you join and become part of this community, that your free ticket to the virtual goal setting retreat is included because we know how important that is for you to achieve the big goals that you're going out to, that you're dreaming of. We tell you to think big and we're giving you the tools to actually accomplish those goals. Yep. Um, So there were a lot of questions for the people who are already members asking, how do I actually log in? So if you just go to the one thing.com, how do you get your training portal? Um, you click on training, and in the top right-hand corner, you click sign here, or you can also see sign in here, and that redirects you here. And then you just log in there, and that's how you access your your training portal. So that workshop we did yesterday on time blocking, where we spotlighted Will and actually went in deep with him, that recording 
is already up there in there. Every monthly group coaching call we do is in there. All the foundational courses in there. Um, when we facilitated the goal setting retreat, this is how you accessed it and all the recordings. So this is the the one stop shop. You go to the one thing.com, click training, click sign in, and bada bing, bada boom, you're in. I also saw the question, will the recording, where will this recording be housed? So we will, we always have it on our website. These monthly webinars we do. Sometimes we have a guest come. Sometimes we say, what's the one thing we can offer you this month that will bring the most value to you? And we wanted to really get you started on identifying your habits so that you could join this challenge with us. Um, those are always on the website, um, uploaded in the video. And we also, this web, this episode will launch on the podcast on Monday. So you can yeah, hear us in your ears or you can view us on your, on your computer um, in those two places. Yep. And... Uh... Beth, thanks so much for for joining. Excited to have you in there. Tamara, excited to have you. Andrew, thanks so much. Megan, excited to have you. So a bunch of you have have just joined us. So honestly, it's it's gonna be a great investment. Our our job is we really just want to partner with you to go on a journey over the next year to really helping you live this at a higher level. So I'm I'm really excited to to get to work closer with you. Well, there you have it. The conversation Kaylin and I had with our community on how to choose your next habit. Folks, the one thing is the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. And if you have read the book, you've listened to the podcast and attempted to put into action, you know it's true. It is simple. Doesn't mean it's easy. Simple. Pick one of the seven circles. Simple. Ask what's the one thing you can do for that circle and keep asking it until you arrive at a lead domino. Simple. Do it every day for 66 days. Not easy. What you didn't see was the answers in the chat box. Every single person. And we are talking, we had over 400 people on this, has attempted a 66-day challenge and over 400 people have failed to complete a 66-day challenge. The novelty wears off after about two weeks. It starts to get monotonous. It gets boring. And then it feels like the world is conspiring for you to fail in making that one thing a habit. It's why you have to leverage your discipline and willpower for those 66 days. And for us, you know, as a business, we genuinely want to serve you at a higher level. It's, it's been one of the coolest things to see for the people who are in Living Your One Thing that when they are a part of this 66-day challenge that we facilitate, when we partner them up in accountability groups, when we, when we provide them with the training and the reinforcement throughout that 66 days, over 78% successfully complete it. And that's a big deal because you're talking about forming a habit that decides your future. For me, knowing, I know what it feels like to have become an empathetic person and to now look forward and ask the question, how do I become a purposeful parent? How do I get in the driver's seat in the relationship with my kids? The price of not succeeding there is not a price I'm willing to pay. And it's why for me, I personally will be in an accountability group because I need the help. I need the support. And I'm the guy on this side of the mic. If you too would like to join us, we would love to go on this journey with you. Just open a browser, go to the one thing.com slash habits. That's the one thing.com with the number one in the URL, the one thing.com slash habits. And folks, this is a this is a smoking deal 
the amount of resources that you get access to, it's like $2,400 worth of stuff. Getting access to the goal setting retreat, getting access to our entire foundational course library, live workshops that we do. You get that for a fraction of the investment. It's one of the best investments you can make in yourself. Our hope is that you will go to the one thing.com slash habits and join us. Form a habit that will decide your future. If this episode has brought value to you, please think of somebody that you can share it with. It could be an amazing gift you could be giving them. And if you're new to The One Thing, click the subscribe button so all future episodes are automatically downloaded to your device of choice. And if this episode has brought value to you specifically, consider leaving us a rating and review on your podcast player of choice. Not only does it give us great feedback on what you liked or what we could do better, but it genuinely helps us reach more people and fulfill our purpose, which is to help you better invest your time so you can achieve extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. We look forward to being with you in the next episode.